G'day guys, on today's show, we're going to be talking all things Brisbane Heat. We're going to break down our predicted 11, how we see them going this year, who's got good super coach roles, who's bowling at the death, what their schedule looks like. We know that it's pretty good. Uh, we're going to talk through the guys that we hold on, the guys that we're cold on, and everything in between. So let's do it. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, you are. Welcome back. It's another Insight BBL show. I'm the SC Brain, and the SC Big Horse is with me. Brisbane Heat, big talking point, mate. There's a lot to go through, hey? There is heaps to go on, and potentially the number one team to speak about, given their triple game schedule in round one. Which is very rare. Doesn't happen too often, does it? Talking about a team that has three games in one round. Um, so a lot of people are going to be popular, right? From Brisbane Heat, a lot of people are, and I'm looking at most owned right now, and I can see a couple of Brisbane Heat players right at the top of that list. So um, we'll, we'll talk through all of those guys and uh, our thoughts on them, maybe the ones that we're a little bit cold on too, because there's a few. Um, but guys, the show is brought to you by the Standard Squeeze, helping you drink responsibly and conveniently, and Ryan from Astute Newstead for all your home loan needs. Make sure to hit like and subscribe as well. And if you're listening to us on audio, please hit the follow button and leave us a review. It could be Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, wherever you get them. And join our unlimited group, 482267 is the code, 482267. Go in there, pop that code in, join the Insight BBL unlimited group. Win yourself a super coach ring for the overall winner and a weekly prize. We're going to be giving them out thanks to the standard squeeze for the highest score every single week. So make sure to get involved in that. Now, mate, Brisbane Heat, I mean, we've talked enough about them in the first two episodes that we've done when we've talked team previews, we've talked schedule, and they were a big talking point, weren't they? Yeah, huge, given their ins being who we'll go through shortly. A few outs, but mm -hmm. triple game week. Like, it's never happened before, as you mentioned earlier, with potentially some huge scores coming out of this team after round one. Yeah, so Brisbane Heat have only brought in one guy, Paul Walter from England. So, um, you know, he's had some pretty impressive form, I think, in the um, over in the 100 competition over there in, in England. So uh, plenty of relevance there for him, does a bit of both. And, and also then they're, they're losing a few guys as well. They're losing James Baisley, who we, we spoke about recently in the Adelaide Strikers preview episode. Um, yeah. But they're losing Mark Steckity to the Melbourne Stars as well, which I think is a big out. And uh, Sam Hayne is over at Hobart Hurricanes. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that. Stickity, that's a that's an underrated out there. Yeah, he did a good job for them last year, I think. So mm -hmm. it's um yeah, gonna be interesting to see how he goes over at Melbourne. Um now Sam Hazlitt is an is a probably the only guy here that's uncontracted from from last year for the Brisbane Heat. Um it'll be interesting to see because look let's kind of dive in now. Like they're gonna lose they're not gonna have Usman Kawaja, Manus Labashane. These two guys are gonna be playing tests. Um, and, and a potentially a couple of other guys in here that are in the running to play test cricket as well. So 100%. there's a lot of availability or unavailability concerns from the Brisbane Heat squad, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Like there's, well, one, two, three, four that just come off the bat straight away. And then we're not even bringing into consideration Kuhneman or Swepson. You know, they might not play the first couple of tests, but you get them on a spinning SCG wicket and, that's them done for a few weeks and who knows. Yeah. And um, Matty Renshaw has been in some incredibly good shield form, hasn't he? He, he could easily slot into to play some test cricket at home against Pakistan this season too. Yeah. I'm 
I'm either him or of the opinion it's either going to be him or Cam Bancroft that takes that opening position this this summer. Yep. Yeah, I I agree. I, I, are they going to go back to the Bancroft Warner opening partnership after everything that happened? I don't know whether they do. I don't know whether they do. I think Renshaw potentially is the front runner, but Bangers has better form at, at Shield level. Um, yeah, I think he's averaging ninety with the bat this Shield season. Yeah, he's going nuts. So, yeah, he's having a really good season. So, based on form, you'd pick him, but I don't know. There, there may be a little bit more at play than uh, than just yeah. Form. There is, isn't there? Yeah. But yeah. Um, mate, we're, we're also talking about Michael Nisa. You know, there's a bit going on for him. He could play PM's 11. His wife's due to give birth to the twins in December. Uh, and he could play test cricket, you know, and we're coming off the back of a World Cup campaign for guys like Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins. Um, you know, are, are they going to be expected to just roll straight into test cricket, high workload kind of stuff? Or are they going to give one of these guys a rest and you've got a guy like Nisa who's in career best form? Come in, ready to go. He is in career best form. He's made hundreds. He's taken five wicket hauls, like 10 wickets in a match. Like he's doing everything that you could potentially do to throw your name up in front of the selectors to go, hey, pick me, which is for why I won't be picking him round one. Just regardless of whether he's in PMs or not, he's got the impending birth of twins. We've seen that he had to leave a shield game early uh, a week ago now where he came back after a day. It's just that uncertainty around what games he's going to play, what games he isn't going to play. At his price especially, just changes so many variables in my team. Oh, so high on him, man. So high on Nisa. Mm. He, he's still in my team right now, but I just don't know whether I can start with him. I actually don't see him playing round one. And and the hard thing is they got the triple, so that's why you're kind of targeting these guys. So, yeah, yeah it, I might have to fade him at his price. But we'll talk about we'll talk about who we're hot and cold on soon. Um, you mentioned Matty Kuhneman, Mitch Swepson could both be in line potentially for a test call-up as well at, at the SCG, big spinning wicket and uh, in the third test there against Pakistan. So maybe they'll miss the back end of the season there for BBL if they get selected there. Uh, it won't be both of them. It'll only be one, which means that we'll have a yep. clear idea on who's uh, who's going to be the spinner for, for the Brisbane Heat. So not necessarily a bad thing. Um, let me ask you this. If, if you could pick someone to start with out of Kuhneman and Swepson, who are you picking? Jeez, that's tough. I think Kuhneman right now is probably the better of the two. But I've actually got Swepson in my team. Okay. Yeah, I, I think from my opinion is that I believe they're probably going to target Swepson a little bit more given Kuhneman's economy rate was just over seven last year. And there's wickets to be had when that sort of stuff's going on. Yeah, and they've they've shown that they really like Kuhneman and they're buying into him over Swepson. Um, so mm -hmm. Kuhneman's playing all the white ball cricket for for Brisbane at the moment. Swepson isn't. So uh, you know, at the moment, it looks like it's going to be Kuhneman and Swepson potentially misses out, which is where we probably probably see it happening. Uh, mm -hmm. um, which is which is a shame because Mitch Swepson currently forty two point two percent owned. So uh, there'll be a fair few people trading him out before round one kicks in. Yeah, I'd imagine so. We'll just have to see how preseason games go with this to see whether they can play both of them or whether it's just the one and one gets left out. Yeah, and we've got uh, another guy I want to talk about before we go into our predicted 11 would be Xavier Bartlett. So he he hasn't played for Queensland this season due to a back injury. Um, he was playing in the UK in the off-season, done his back in, and and he's come back to play some Gold Coast club cricket. and But he's been playing as a bat. 
So he's a bowler only in Supercoach, and we know that he is a predominantly a bowler. But he's been playing as a batsman for in, in club cricket. So uh, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see one where he bats, and two whether he gets a bowl, whether he's fit enough to bowl. Because I don't know whether you pick him just as a bat at eight or, or seven or wherever you see him fitting in. Uh, he's got a bowl to be in this lineup. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, if he's just there to bat and not bowl, I'm not picking him, especially at, what, 133K? Yeah, no chance. No chance you're picking a batsman that bats at eight, seven or eight. Mm. Um, you know, Wade Seckham came out and basically talked him up and said he's a genuine all-rounder. So if that shows you what the uh, the intentions are for the Brisbane Heat, this BBL, it looks like they're going to tr- – if he is fit and if he does play, he'll be doing both, which is a nice option. It's just a shame that he's not bat bowl dual position in Supercoach. He's bowler only. Maybe that'll get adjusted early on in the season if he bowls in the first couple of games. Maybe they'll make some changes. They haven't confirmed if they're going to be doing mid-season uh, dual position changes yet, but we'll keep an eye out for that and let you guys know. Now, uh, talk me through, mate. What, what do you reckon? How do you reckon this lineup's looking? Top. What's your predicted round 111 for the Brisbane Heat? All right, so let's start with number one and probably my number one picked player outside of Matt Short, who I'm still not sure whether I'm going to start him for those of you watching at home, but Colin Munro, he's 156K, average almost 51 last year. Is there a better batsman to watch when he's on? He's unbelievable. And given that they've got the triple game week to start with, he's a lock for me. Yep. So out of the guys that we're seeing here starting – He's got the highest average aside from Nathan McSweeney, who only played three rounds. So Colin Munro averaged 50.6 last year. He was, he was quality. Um, and he's one of those guys that, you know, I'm not big on picking batsman only players. It's burnt me in the past, but he's a guy I don't necessarily have to think too much about. He's a guy I'm more than happy to plug into my, my team. He's on a triple. The only question mark around Colin Munro is the, whether he's still playing in that T10 tournament in Abu Dhabi. Um, if that's mm-hmm. the case, he might miss maybe game one or game two or even potentially round one, which means I'll probably look elsewhere. But if he's available mm-hmm. and fit and ready to go, he's order- probably a lock for me in, in my round one team. 100%. And out of the 14 times he batted last season, only four times he made under 10. So there's plenty of points to be made there. That's a good point. We're looking for consistency in Supercoach as well. It's You, know, you get hurt mm-hmm. by batsmen in Supercoach when they kind of – nick off early or they you know they get a low score and they don't get an opportunity to bowl and try and make those points up for you uh you basically just and another guy that we think is going to be opening the batting with him josh brown same kind of issue he can go out and he can get you 70 or 40 balls can't he uh or he can go and nick off or, or hit one straight down mid off's throat for four and then you're going to get five super coach points from him done yeah he's not so much the barometer when it comes to batting, but he's the one that sets a tone early. Colin Monroe, he's a little bit more, you know, strategic in the way that he goes about it. Josh Brown is just brute force. Like he's a big lad and he hits a big ball, big bombs. I love it. I'm actually going to start with Josh Brown. I think there's potential there, especially on the triple game week, that he could he could really score well. Yeah, 88.6K as well. So it's nearly a free swing. Um, yeah, like super cheap. He could easily end up being priced 150, 160K, couldn't he? And if he, if he starts yeah. red hot in the triple game week and he goes out and gets it one score, that's all it takes. If he gets one good score in the first three games, which is a pretty good chance of happening, uh, he's he's covered his break even pretty comfortably and, and you're in a pretty good spot come round two. 
Spot on. Mate, Sam Billings at three. Uh, I'm a little bit unsure about whether it's Billings at three, McSweeney at four, or if it's the other way around. Uh, at the moment, I think Sam Billings bats three and McSweeney bats four. Now, Billings is another one here that I'm looking at that I'm very confident in. Uh, 116.9K, 37.8 average last year, which is a little bit down in, in terms of what I'd expect from Sam Billings. But mm. he is a guy that is, he, you know, he, he's rock solid. He's good to watch. He plays 360 degrees around the wicket, like we mentioned in the first episode. Um, you know, he, he's very tricky, very tricky batsman, very switched on guy. Uh, and a bit of a leader within this squad as well. You look at Jimmy Pearson, who's clearly the captain and the leader of this team, but Sam Billings, Billings, you'd all you'd almost consider him, uh, you know, a, a vice captain of this team, basically, with his experience at international level. And um, I, I'm a big fan of Billings, and he's in my team in round one. What are your thoughts on him? Yep, same. He's in my team. He's got that dual position batsman wicket keeper status, so we can throw him to keeper um, potentially at round three. We can have him on the bench. He's not a massive priced keeper either, so. Yeah, bounce back Billings. Let's call him that. I think he's in for a big year. <laughs> I like it. Bounce back Billings. Yeah. Good alliteration from you. Uh, Nathan McSweeney only played three rounds last year, but averaged nearly 60. So, mm -hmm. you know, there was one game there where I think he popped off and I think he scored 120-odd super coach points or something. And he was, um, you know, he was quality and he hits a long ball. This guy's seriously talented. So um, it's the price tag for me that's just a little mm -hmm. bit more expensive than what I'd want to pay for him in comparison. You're right. It's a small sample size over what could happen over the course of a year. I'm not willing to take a chance on someone at that price who's priced on a three-round average at the back end of last year. Yep. So that that's the top four we see it uh, see it run, rounding out. And obviously, we haven't got Renshaw in this lineup. We're just assuming naturally that he, he might get a gig for Australia. Um, but obviously, he slots in pretty clearly in uh, may, maybe even in – what who does he replace? Probably probably Brown probably or McSweeney. I think McSweeney. I think he bats at yeah. four. Uh, yeah. Yeah, or three and Billings drops to four. Yeah, that's probably the way that it plays. But anyway, regardless, if, if Renshaw doesn't play, this is how we see it lining up. Um, and, and yep. obviously we're out without Kawaja and Labashain, so we don't need to consider those guys. Jimmy Pearson at five, mm -hmm. mate, he actually had a pretty good um, BBL season last year with the bat. Uh He'll obviously have the gloves as well, which means that there's an increased chance there of some fielding stats and some catching points, wicket uh, or stumping points as well. Um, what are your thoughts mm -hmm. on Jimmy Pearson? Because he he won't be very well owned. Is that is he a pod potentially? Potentially, yes. But for me, he's a no, just given that, you know, for 50K less, I could pick up Whiteman or McDermott, these sorts of people that are wicketkeeper batsman eligible and are priced in the 60, 60K range. So... Yeah, it's a no for me. Yep. Uh, Maxi Bryant probably fits in at six here. He's only 66K, but there's no real super coach relevance for him. There's too much risk no. there to take a guy at, that's going to bat at six and do no bowling. So uh, it's pass on him, but I, I'd see him batting six. Um, Paul Walter, mm -hmm. batsman bowler. He's, uh, he's a big boy. You know, they call him Tall Paul is his nickname. Yeah. Uh, he's six foot eight. So... He can send him down, left armour, bowls handy little, uh, or I wouldn't say little, handy big uh, medium paces, could probably bowl some mm -hmm. middle overs. Uh, he averages 21 with the bat and 25 with the ball in his T20 career. 
He's a guy I'm actually looking at. Plays three games in round mm. one. Availability, not a concern. 105K is cheap as chips for this guy as well. And like yep. we said before in the previous episode for the strikers, he's a guy that can do both. So what are your thoughts on Paul, Paul Walter? You might have a little bit of a different view to me. I don't mind it. I actually I did a bit of research on Paul when I knew that you were looking at him and he actually fields in really dangerous areas. So when we're talking mm. uh, late overs, he fields on the fence uh, early on. He's in slips or in cover. He, he fields in dangerous positions, which to me screams runouts and catches. So there's potential for extra points there as well instead of, you know, someone being hidden at fine leg or someone being hidden at mid-wicket or wherever. So, yeah, I, I kind of like that from you. Yeah. I, I Look, ask me in 30 days. But at the moment, I think he – I'm going to put him in my team, I think. Um, the price is right for, for a guy that's going to do both um, and, and yep. do it pretty well. So uh, Xavier Bartlett at eight, let's just say that he's bowling as well. He'll be he'll probably provide a little bit of depth for their batting order, won't he? Um, you've got a guy that can hit, that can uh, hold the stick at eight and then bowl you some good overs. Yeah, absolutely. But again, if he's only a batter and they're not going to worry about bowling him, it's a big no from the big oars. Oh, no chance. No chance are we taking a guy that's going to bat eight and not bowl. But I can't see him in the team if he doesn't bowl. So that that's probably my prediction is is I see him doing both. So um, he'll be picked as a bowler, but big raps on him from Wade Seckham, uh, the coach, about his all-rounder ability. So stay tuned on that one. And to round out yep. the bottom three, mate, take us through the bowlers. Who, who do you think is going to be 9, 10, 11? Yeah, before we move into the next three, I actually call Xavier Bartlett Lego Man. Because if you have a look at his head, it's quite square, and then he's got the Lego type hair to go with it. So he is a Lego man like from it. now on. Uh, cool. Nine, ten, eleven. We've got Jack Wildermuth. He actually, I'm going to keep a bit of an eye on him. Didn't play at all last year because of injury, but before that, quite a good bowler. Throws him down, not too bad. Like he's he's next to useless with the bat, but he does throw him down pretty well. I'll get some stats for you shortly. Spencer Johnson is the biggest question mark for me at 125k an average of 40.5 and maddie kuhneman at 104k to round us out talk us through jack wildermuth what do you know about him mate no i i actually think jack wildermuth can hold a stick i don't think he's that bad i i um i think he's more predominantly known as a bowler but he can definitely hold a bat Mm. Um, I think okay. he's put up some scores in the past. Uh, from I think he played for the Renegades uh, the year before last, before he was ruled out for injury for the majority of last season. So 91K, I mean, look, the problem is at nine, how often are you going to bat? That's that's the concern. I'm not picking guys in my Supercoach team that are, yeah, he can bat, but he's going to bat nine. It's kind of like picking bloody Rashid Khan from the strikers because he can hold a bat. Doesn't It doesn't work mm. like that. You're doesn't probably picking sense, him though. as a bowler because you're going to see that the bowling overs are there for him. So... Uh, 91k though, that's a nice price. Anything sub 100, you've got to consider. Um, and obviously he's going to be playing three games or potentially two. The missing the last year to injury is the concern for me. When you miss a whole season, um, that the workload is always going to be pretty prominent uh, in terms of management for the strength and conditioning team there. So I would be very surprised if he plays all three games to start the season in this triple game week. So I wouldn't be looking at him going, yeah, I'm going to get three games from him. Yeah. Okay. Do you think there's more of a chance that Jack Wildermuth plays three games over Spencer Johnson? 
Yeah, that's the question mark, isn't it? Spencer Johnson's injury history is a bit concerning. Um, 125K, 40 average. Fuck, everybody knew. Everybody saw what this guy did last year. Burst onto the scene, was making people jump out of their skin, bowling short balls mm -hmm. at him. He was cleaning blokes up before they even picked the bat up. Um, you know, cracking that 150K mark. And anybody who can bowl left arm 150, who does that remind you of? Mitchell Johnson. Mitch Johnson. And mm -hmm. uh, for for me, if anybody who reminds me of Mitch Johnson, I, I need to have a good look. And uh, yeah, it was very clear that he's going to play a big role for the Brisbane Heat. 100%. My concern is there hasn't been one season where he hasn't missed games due to injury. Yeah, good pick up. You've got to consider it, don't you? You can't just look at a guy and go, oh, to. he's well-priced. Did well last year. Mm. Like, how many games yeah. is he going to play? Is he going to play three? Maybe he, maybe him and Wildermuth both don't play three. Um, you know, there could be some rotation on the cards here. When, when's the last time we've had three games in a round? It's rare. So... Uh, yeah, th that's the reality I think we need to consider is that bowling uh, or bowlers, quick bowlers especially, are going to get rotated this year just due to the fact that the, the schedule is incredibly condensed. So mm -hmm. most teams playing either two or three games this uh, this first round, how much depth do Brisbane have when we look at their squad? Um, we, there's a lot of yeah. things to consider there. But uh, Matt Kuhneman, man, he's an interesting one for me. Like we've we've put Matt Kuhneman at eleven because it looks like they're starting to favour him in white ball cricket over Mitch Swepson. Now, Swepson, yeah, Mitch Swepson, like we mentioned at the start, very well owned. So he, I, I see him missing this, uh, and it sounds like so do you. See him missing this uh, first round. That's a great pickup, and I really like the fact that his economy rate is just over seven, and for a leggy, that's that's amazing. You know, he's he's got a nice little. Um, arm ball that he has, 27 wickets in 32 BBL matches as well. So he's getting wickets, points, economy rate points. And at only 104K as a spinner, he's going to play the first three weeks. There's not going to be any issue with workload there. No, and he should be the only spinner in the team unless they pick Swepson based on conditions. So, and yeah. a, another thing we need to consider is conditions are going to dictate what these, uh, what these lineups look like too. So if you get a big kind of dust bowl, they're going to play Swepson and Kuhneman together. Um, yep. So that's another concern there for guys like Johnson, Wildermuth, Bartlett. Um, it's all going to be based on conditions. So we need to keep an eye on that when you've got another spinner sitting on the bench, basically. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'll be watching for. If they play the both, I'll actually pick Swepson. So I think they'll go after Swepson more, so there'll be more chance for uh, points with wickets. But if they just play the one spinner, it'll be Kuhneman. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that. Um, mate, let's uh, let's move into our hot picks to get the Pull over by this hot guy and let me out. Hot, hot, hot. Who's the hot guy, mate? Who you, who are you backing in? Bounce back. You heard it here first on the Insight Fantasy Sports podcast. I think he's in for a big one. Bit of a down year last year, but this guy's very stylish. He's little ramp shots that he plays. He can play shots all around the wicket. I see him going nice and large, especially in week one with the triple game week. Firmly in my side and starting. Yep, I'm with you. He's in mine as well. Um, I'm also smokily liking Paul Walter. The more that I look at him, the more I don't mind him. And I think it's going to depend on his role. Hopefully we can get a little bit more info from Wade Second before the season starts on how they're going to be using Paul Walter. But if he's batting, it potentially could bat six. The guy can hold a stick. 
He's not that bad. Averages 21 over his career, so that's not too not too shabby. Um, if he bats six and gets a, and, and he bowls his potentially three overs as a minimum, um, he's going to be pushing, especially in round one when they're on the triple game week. He's a guy that you definitely need to be looking at if he's going to get a bowl and a bat. 100%. Yep. All right. Who are we, uh, let's move on to who we're cold on. I am away, on Spencer Johnson. Yeah, Spencer Johnson for me. Why? Because of injury history alone. When I'm picking my super coach side, I like players that are going to play. I like consistency. Yeah, he might get me bulk points in two games, but if he's missing every third game or his workload is being managed, then it's a big no for me. Yeah. I'm probably still going to start with him. I don't know whether I can not. Um, I, I think he's good enough to have for two games. Even if he misses one and gets a rest or, or something, I'm happy to have him on a double. Um, so I'll probably still start with him, I think. But the guy, the guy I'm cold on is Josh Brown, funnily enough. Now, well, we've kind of gone opposites against each other in this episode. Yeah. Um, my my. I don't know. Like, I just feel like, yeah, he, he can go off. Fucking honestly, such a good player. Makes his own bats as well, which makes it even more impressive. But yeah, right. he's a guy that can ease. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So um, he's a guy that can just, you get a couple of games out of him in the first round where he does nothing and he stays nice and quiet. Like realistically, like uh, he could walk away in round one and triple game week with bloody 30 points to his belt. So for me, I, and I've, I've reiterated this a lot in my tactics, it's um, my, my concern is he's bat only. He's not going to get a bowl. Um, you know, how many catches is he going to take? Is he going to be that relevant in the field? That's my concern. So I don't know whether I'm that high on Josh Brown. I think I might start without him. Yeah, nice point. Josh Brown, sponsored by Josh Brown Bats. I love that. Way to go, mate, making your own sticks. But I'll be looking heavily at what sort of track they have in the first week, if it's a road, you know, and the ball's bouncing through or coming through nicely, he'll be in because he's the type of player that could go bananas. But we all know up in Queensland, if they've got their green tracks, there's a bit of movement off the deck. I may have to look elsewhere because he's only one way and it's to go hard. That may not play in favour on a green deck. It's a really good point. Uh, the hard part is if you play him for game one and it's a road and then the next two games they play in that round, he's got a green seamer that he's got to deal with. You, you're kind of stuck with him, aren't you? But, um, you know, you'd be pretty happy to have him on a, on a flat deck for one game because he could easily peel off a, a quick, you know, 80 or 50. I believe their first game is at Kazali Stadium. Correct me if I'm wrong. And they are, they are some short boundaries there. Yeah, those rural grounds are always nice and short. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. hey, good. That, that's a good pickup. Uh, and the price is right. So I, I get it. Um, I, we've gone against Darcy Short in the Adelaide Strikers episode. Now I've gone up against Josh Brown. So they're, they're two very popular guys. So I could be uh, – people could have the pitchforks out for me after after round one, but we'll see how we go. Um, that's okay. Mate, any, anything else to mention on uh, on these guys? The triple game week, they're a very relevant team, and there's a lot of these guys are going to be picked. But my, my advice to everybody would be please do not – overcapitalize too much on Brisbane Heat players, even though they've got the triple game week. I think you don't want any more than five. I'd probably say four is a happy number for me. Any more than that, you're picking four out of 11 blokes. Like there's a very good chance one or two of them maybe fail in round one. What happens if they end up losing three games and they shit the bed? Then you've got to 
use up all your trades or potentially boost to get out of the shit that you've put yourself in. So for me, for maximum. You've got other teams who have got um, double game weeks that first week anyway. So why load up from the one team where the Stars, you've got Maxwell and Stoinis, the Renegades, pick who you like out of there, especially if DeCock's in. Wowee, he'll be in there as well. But there's plenty of players to choose from, so don't go too heavy on Brisbane players. And without, it's tempting, but you just need to kind of temper your expectations. Just because they play three games doesn't mean that they're going to be better options than a guy like, you know, someone that comes from the Stars that plays two games could score more than someone with an ordinary role. I think a lot of people might be reaching for guys from Brisbane Heat just because they play three, but I'd prioritize the better player or with the better role potentially than picking up a Paul Walter or someone just because they're playing three games. You know, I'd I'd much rather a guy that's going to have a better role playing two. So something to keep in mind, mate. But um, mate, any any final words on the the Brisbane Heat before we wrap this one up? No, I think we've covered it pretty well. The big takeaway from this one is not too many Brisbane Heat players, please. Four's okay, but once you start nudging around the five or six, that's too many, especially considering their draw after round two. And as you'll notice, we didn't pick Michael Nisa either um, in our in our first eleven. He is in their best eleven. Don't get me wrong. Um, but there's a reality that he is either playing test cricket or he's playing PM's 11 or he is enjoying uh, the birth of his twins. So uh, that, that's why we don't have him there. But look, if he's available, he's a must-have. Yep. I'll just yep. add that in at the end there. You're picking him if he's available. Before, before we do wrap it up, mate, where do you see Brisbane finishing? Um, I actually, without Marnus, without Usman, potentially without um, Nisa early on in the tournament. I don't know how deep they go. I think they'll do okay, mm. but you, you've got a fair bit of kind of inexperience, I guess, in this top six. We're looking at Josh Brown, McSweeney, and Max Bryant in their top six. Um, that that doesn't scream top three team to me. So I'd probably yeah. say we see them in the bottom half of the competition this year. What about yourself? Yep, I'm with you on that. I think Munro and Billings will do most of the heavy lifting when it comes to runs. And then Kuhneman with the ball alongside Walter. I think Spencer Johnson has the potential to be one of the premier bowlers in the BBL if he stays healthy also. I like it. Good takes. Um, Guys, that'll do us. End of the Brisbane Heat done. Uh, That's our predictions. So uh, we've got a few more teams to go. Uh, We'll keep rolling them out every couple of days now, so keep an eye on them. And so you don't miss them, hit subscribe below if you haven't yet and hit the little bell thing to turn those notifications on so you don't miss another episode. Otherwise, guys, that'll do us. This has been the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. We will see you later. See ya.